Oh my God. What is going on, everybody? This is Randall Barnes, the host of Post Radio in the building. And listen, I have to do a cold open. I am recording this a few minutes after the Lakers won against the Miami Heat. <laughs> and my anxiety is acting up right now. Like my heart is beating real fast. I, I need to breathe. I need to let it all out. So really quickly before I start the show, I have to talk about this. The Lakers just beat the Heat 120 to 117. If you've been listening to the NBA update, I have talked about how the Lakers are going to be having a lot of tough games coming up. And with LeBron not playing, I don't know how things are going to go. But the Heat have probably been the biggest test for the Lakers outside of the Warriors, although that was opening night. Like the Heat are probably the best team that the Lakers have played thus far. And I have so many mixed emotions that I'll get into when the show starts. But I just got to say this, Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook dribbled the ball up the court. He passed the ball. They moved the ball around on the left side of the court. Avery Bradley passes it back to Russell Westbrook. And Russell Westbrook somehow, some way, invents another way to turn over the ball this time by somehow hitting Anthony Davis in the face with the ball. <laughs> How did that happen, Sway? Like, like what happened? Like, and I was scared for Anthony Davis because Anthony Davis is my guy, and I don't like the street clothes joke, but Anthony Davis, he looked like he got shot. <laughs> what in the world is going on? One thing I will say about the Lakers the Lakers is always must-see TV, even in the losses. Even when they lose, like how they did against the Blazers this past weekend, it's still must-see TV because you know however the Lakers play, good or bad, it's setting the agenda for social media and also the traditional media for the next few days until they get another win or another like loss that's terrible. Like <laughs> It's always must-see TV. But I got to shout out them boys. We always talk about the bad of what the Lakers are doing. We have to shout out the Lakers. Anthony Davis, 24 points, 13 rebounds. Russ had a triple-double, 25 points, 12 rebounds, 14 assists. Avery Bradley. And hold on, I got to give hand close. Avery Bradley. All right. I've been campaigning for Avery Bradley since I started the NBA update. All right. I was wondering why the Warriors dropped him, but I understand why, because you have Gary Payton Jr. going in. But Avery Bradley, I'm so happy that Rob Palenka picked up Avery Bradley because he has slid into the starting lineup. He's put together an amazing minutes. He had a defensive lapse tonight, but Avery Bradley has saved this team countless times on defense, and he's made big shots. What you saw that opening night and what I campaigned on and what I continued to say when Avery Bradley was getting DMPs and wasn't playing significant minutes, finally, I guess Frank Vogel's like, well, everybody's injured. Might as well put him out there. And then he got some of Rondo's minutes. And Avery Bradley had 17 points. He was knocking down three-pointers. Avery Bradley made five three-pointers, and he attempted eight. He shot 62.5% from three. Like, Avery Bradley is a baller, and he needs to stay in that starting lineup. Bring Kent Bazemore off of the bench. He should be starting at shooting guard the way things were back when it was no rust, back when it was the original 2020 team before COVID. We need that back, although I understand why 
you would bring Avery Bradley off the bench because LeBron was playing point guard. But shout out to Malik Monk, 27 points off the bench. He hit a crazy circus shot that kept the Lakers in the game. So shout out to Malik Monk. Carmelo wasn't as hot as he normally is, but he still poured in 12 points. And Wayne Ellington had 12. Only three players off the bench scored. Oh, my God. Very ugly game. Very nasty game. <laughs> like I, I, I was scared, but, man, that was an amazing way to, to end my Wednesday and start my Thursday because the game just ended, and it's literally 1.11 p.m. So it is starting my Thursday morning off right. All right, so congratulations to the Lakers. Y'all know how to get my blood boiling. Y'all know how to get me riled up. But it's always must-see TV with the Lakers. So let's dive into it a little bit more. You listen to Pulse Radio. Tap, tap, tap in. You're listening to Pulse Radio with Randall and Shelby, the heart of the culture. You're listening to Pulse Radio. going on everybody this is randall barnes the host of post radio in the building for another special edition of the nba update on today we are live on ColorCast, and we're making it happen a very interesting nba season i'm not gonna lie to you i almost turned on fight night my <laughs> amigos i'm gonna knock it out like fight night because y'all trying to turn this into boxing Y'all trying to turn this into WWE, AEW in the building. Shout out to AEW. So they're really cooking. I'm not going to lie to you. But y'all trying to turn the NBA into something else. I don't know what y'all trying to do. Uh, but you got Nikola Jokic, MVP, playing football with <laughs> Marquise Morris's back. You have the Lakers that gave me a heart attack, and you heard my visceral reaction to it after the game at the top of the show. And the Hawks have been struggling. Oh, it's been so much going on, man. James Harden has been very average, but still it's like he listened to the show and heard my criticism and also the way that he can get better. So it's a lot to discuss. So let me start with this, all right? So if you don't follow me on Arthur Randall B on Twitter, I really need you to. Because I try my best to give you some insight as to what I'm feeling in the moment, how I'm feeling. And I am a media junkie. All right. I am a media junkie. I'm a media graduate uh, from the Fort Valley State University. Uh, I've always loved media since I was younger. Um, I've been reading a lot of books about the media uh, this year. And if you know me from my Gronish recaps, I would go in on Gronish and I would talk about the ratings. I look at the ratings, especially with me having a background and me working the like nine months, 2020 to 2021 with iHeartMedia and having to analyze the ratings to figure out the rates and how we're selling, you know, the stations that I worked for. I don't understand why the NBA decided to go with Cade Cunningham versus Jalen Green as the national game over Chicago Bulls versus Dallas Mavericks. Luka, who they're trying to build as the next big thing and the next big star. 
versus the brand new shiny team that's really been performing well. I don't know why they decided to not do the angle of, of you know, Vucevic versus Dantes. They're both, you know, foreign-born players. Zach Levine as a star guard versus Dantes. They decided to go for Cade Cunningham versus Jalen Green. Y'all put a summer league game on my TV on ESPN on Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Y'all ought to be ashamed of yourselves. So let me paint the picture. They have the pre-show on Wednesdays where you have Stephen A., you normally have Jalen Rose, you have Mike Greenberg, and you have the OG legend Mike Wilbon. Now, granted, Jalen Rose was not there. He was overseas doing NBA Cares um, tour. So they had Richard Jefferson that was there. That pre-show, I watched the whole entire thing. They spent the last maybe five minutes, if that, giving attention to this Rockets versus Detroit game from last night during the pre-show. Mind you, normally the pre-show is the precursor for the two doubleheader games that they're showing, both for TNT, for ESPN. Any, any way you slice it, that's no, it's normally the precursor. But even Stephen A. and Mike Greenberg and the crew, they didn't feel the need to talk about this game. I really want to see the ratings numbers. I can't wait till I can get a hold of the ratings numbers because I want to see how far this dropped how many people didn't watch this glorified summer league matchup. If it was like Zion versus Ja, like Zion, they were building Zion as his once in a lifetime player. And Ja was like a really, is really cool, cold guy. He's acrobatic. He's adventurous. Pelicans versus Grizzlies. Okay. I understand that because both of them have like star potential, but Cade and Jalen, I'm not saying they're not going to be good, but to me, they just don't speak to me as the future stars right now. I think they can get better, but I think that that draft class is going to produce some very solid players. I think you might see some all-stars. I think Jalen Green is going to be that guy. I think Evan Mobley and Scotty Barnes, this is going to be their draft. Like We're going to look back at the draft, and we're going to look back at the impact that these players have made like five years from now. And we're going to see that Evan Mobley and Scotty Barnes have really made the bigger impact than Cade Cunningham and Jalen Green. Hopefully this is not a freezing cold take, but I'm just saying based on what I'm seeing on the court barring injury, I just don't see like why this game was sellable and why they decided to not put the Bulls in the Mavericks. And then you had John Morant versus LaMelo. So you're telling me if you're going for a head-to-head matchup, we don't want to see John versus LaMelo? LaMelo with these crazy passes. The Hornets have like one of the top offenses in the league. And then Ja has been out overperforming, outperforming everybody. The one loss that the Warriors and the Warriors have been running through all the teams that they played. The one loss that the Warriors have on their schedule is Ja. So you're telling me that Ja is making it happen and Ja has not gotten a national game yet. You're telling me that the Bulls are going to get their first national game on this Friday. And it's only because they're playing the Warriors. Now, I know that you can't predict what teams are going to be hot. And I know that the schedule is a formula they use for the schedule. And that we didn't know that this Bulls team was going to click like this. We didn't know that it would be that exciting. Even though you get Lonzo Ball, you get DeMar DeRozan, we didn't know that they would click as great as they have. But come on, man. And granted, I will give the NBA this reprieve. So they moved off the NFL. They moved off Thursday because the NFL as Thursday night football. So they're not doing inside the NBA. They're not doing their traditional NBA coverage. 
on Thursdays. So I believe if we were going on the same schedule that we normally do, where the NBA was on Thursday, I think that Knicks versus Bulls game would have been a national game. That doubleheader from a couple weeks ago, that would have been on TNT. So they would have had their first national game against the Knicks. But I just think you have to look at these other markets. I get LA, Golden State, is California. I get Brooklyn, that's New York. We see the New York Knicks get, get a lot of play. And then we thought Zion would be healthy. That's why you're seeing the freaking Warriors play the Pelicans on, like, <laughs> like you're seeing the Pelicans who are trash without Zion. You see them playing because of Zion. But it's like you have such a huge selection of stars. It's not just a couple of stars in the league. You have like a huge variety of superstars and they're splattered across different markets, whether they're big markets or small, medium markets or small markets. You have Trey Young with the Hawks, even though they have 19 games and they, you know, they got a lot of games because they went so far into the playoffs. But I just want the NBA to make it make sense and not do nothing like that again. Because it wasn't even like a, a good showdown. Like, yeah, Jalen Green, he sped past Kate Cunningham, dunked the ball, barked at him, got, got a tech. The game was sort of close. But that's it's nasty basketball, man. Like, the Rockets are not where they need to be. The Pistons are not where they need to be. Kate is just now getting into his rhythm and his flow. The, the game wasn't interesting enough for me to watch it. Now, granted, Everyone doesn't have league pass. I am so fortunate to have league pass and what the heat and, and what ESPN was banking on. They were banking on that heat Lakers game to be what it was a barn burner, a thriller, an overtime game. It ended at one o'clock Eastern on the East coast. They were expecting, you know, the ratings bonanza for seeing if Russ is going to fail again and seeing the finals rematch. So that's why they were like, you know what? Let's just put the rookies in that 8 o'clock spot, but primetime Lakers heat. That's why they did it. But I hope that within the linear ratings, I hope that it reflects growth for ESPN. But I'm going to tell you that this was the best commercial for NBA League Pass. If you don't want to see a glorified summer league matchup, subscribe to NBA League Pass. You might get your first seven days for free <laughs> at this point. Listen, uh, Nikola Jokic uh, got suspended for one game uh, for his dust-up with uh, Markeith Morris. Uh, you had um, the tweets going back and forth. I know you heard about it. But shout out to the Nuggets because get this, without Nikola Jokic, their MVP, and without, without Jamal Murray, they won over the Pacers who were a really con good contending team and they will give any team a run for their money. They won over the Pacers 101 to 98. Real talk. I'm not being patronizing. All kidding aside, as Joe Biden says, that's pretty good. I think that the Nuggets have a great team. And I think that with Jokic sitting out, you saw that. If you look at the numbers, of course, I, I think that Aaron Gordon is such an unsung star in this league. And he's only known for the dunk contest and him being robbed twice. But Aaron Gordon, he had eight points, nine rebounds. He, you know, he, he didn't have that star game. But I think Aaron Gordon is going to be a big piece, an integral piece of their championship run, especially when Jamal Murray comes back. Will Barton turned up. Will Barton is a good, you know, you know, forward. He comes off the he comes off the bench normally, but they started him because Jokic wasn't there. You know, like but Will Barton had thirty points, six rebounds, three assists. 
You had Morris, the Morris for the Nuggets. You had Morris, Monte Morris, 10 points, three rebounds, four assists. And then you had, Je- he had Green, Jeff Green, Uncle Jeff, 12 points. And he had like a real cool play where Aaron Gordon threw the ball into him because like it was a it was a switch. I think I think Craig on the Pacers, he was supposed to drop and switch that screen and drop down the green, but Aaron Gordon threw the ball overhead in the green and green gets the easy dunk. <laughs> we were like, what in the world is going on? Like what like what's happening? Like are y'all forgetting the plays? Are y'all forgetting the defensive alignments? Are y'all using y'all's eyes? <laughs> like why does everybody feel the need to run towards the ball? Because to a certain point Unless it's Steph Curry, I don't need the whole team running towards the ball. I need you to look at your player and lock in on your player because this is a team game. I would hope that the defender that the coach has assigned to the ball will do their job, but I'm going to do my job by containing the back cut and making sure that there's no open players streaking to the rim to get an easy dunk. Probably the easiest basket of the night in the National Basketball Association. But you have to commend them because I think, like, you know, they built, a amazing, they built an amazing team around Jokic. Uh, I just need for Jokic to really calm down his temper, and I need for his brothers to calm down. Like, not they made a Twitter to get at the Morris twins. I mean, it, y'all are taking it too far. I agree with Nick. what Nick Wright said on First Things First on yesterday. I agree with him that it's going too far. We don't want this to turn into a malice in the palace type situation families getting involved and they're talking about they're buying a ticket to the next Nuggets heat game. We don't want that. And even you have the heat that they were posted up outside the locker room waiting for Jokic to come out. Like there's no place in this game for that. You know, the malice at the palace, that was a moment in history. It's been joked about, you know, it is a black mark on the history of the NBA, but I just don't want that to be repeated especially after we saw the documentary and everything that went down from it. We don't want that repeated. We just want to go out there and play ball, you know, make people happy, you know, entertain people for the folks that bet they get their money. I don't bet, but that's all you want. Like you don't want things to spill off the court and have it get ugly. Like it's not funny. It's not cool. It's not cute. Y'all not in high school no more. And, and even if you were in high school or middle school, we don't want that. All right. We want to make sure everybody walks home to their family, their wives, their loved ones, and it's all good because we don't want things to get ugly and go a whole totally different direction because y'all trying to put on for social media. It ain't that deep. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks are on a five-game losing streak. No one really talks about, you know, these teams that are sort of in the middle. No one really talks about them. So I want to, you know, with the NBA update and my NBA coverage, really give time to talking about them. The Hawks are not a bad team. I don't think the Hawks are the team that we've hyped them up to be. I think that the Hawks are one piece away from really contending or their players growing around Trey Young and taking that next step. I think that with Trey, I don't think he's been truly affected by the foul and the new foul rules. I think he scored very well this year. He looks like the normal Trey, give or take a couple of free throws. I think he does get mauled in the paint and they're not calling those fouls, but I don't think it's really changed his game. I'm waiting for... You know, John, like John Collins to really step up as a suitable second star. He's doing pretty good. He can fill up the stat sheet, but I need someone that can relieve Trey Young on a nightly basis. DeAndre Hunter last last you know week weekend last Wednesday, he filled it up against the Nets. He did that. He did an amazing job. But 
I need someone consistently that Trey Young can pass the ball to and where Trey Young can go to the bench and someone is out there producing where they're not losing leads. Over the weekend, they had an amazing game against the Suns, and there was a couple of blown calls uh, that you know went the Suns' way, and it was a home game for the Suns. But if you look at the Hawks, they're not just getting blown off the floor. They're leading in the majority of these games. They just can't sustain the lead. They're looking like that team they were under Lloyd Pierce. So maybe it wasn't Lloyd Pierce. Maybe Nate McMillan was it just a change of scenery, a change of coach, and it made the you know the environment different. But I think that the Band-Aid of Nate McMillan that you put over the Hawks, I think that possibly it's an overall problem. And you got Trey Young trying to blame the playoff hangover. I don't think it's the playoff hangover. I think that you have to go out there and compete because these games matter. Are you trying to get deep into the playoffs? Are you trying to go for another Cinderella run again or at the very least a run that people at the very least predict you to be a second-round exit? You got to win these games early. Because if this goes down to how it's shaking out in the East and everybody's beating each other up, <laughs> and you probably get like what, a, what a, a nice 50-32 record out your number one seed, and then it gets really close, plus you're adding in the play-in implications, those early games matter. The loss to the Warriors where the third quarter of the game was over, Steph goes for 50 that game, that's going to matter. That Suns game where you blew that lead, you were leading like the majority of the game, then you blew the lead. That's going to matter. Like these different losses that are going down, like that's going to matter when you look at the layout of how things are going to go as the season progresses. Because you never know the injury situation. You never know if Trey Young will get injured. You never know what happened to John Collins or DeAndre Hunter or Cam Reddish. You never know what happened to Clint Capella. You'll ne- you never know what will happen to these players that will make it where now the wins at the beginning of the season, they really needed them. Because now they're in a play-in fight. And then you need to really beat the teams in your division and in the East just in case it's a tiebreaker scenario. Because let's not forget that the Hawks and the Knicks had the same game after they had the same record after 72 games. Let's not forget that as well. But with the Hawks, I have faith in them. I think that I just they have to step it up. And I just think they just need another player. I just think that I don't think DeAndre Hunter is the starting wing. He's a great defender. I don't think DeAndre Hunter is the starting wing. I, if I could get, and I always said a Zach Levine, I always said they need like a, a player that they can dump the ball to, like that's a wing that can create his own shot, that can be a playmaker, and Trey can go take a rest like a James Harden, Chris Paul scenario. I think that that would be great for the Hawks. Now, granted, I don't want them to get seduced into iso ball, although that's what happens when the play breaks down. Like Trey just goes iso ball, crosses people up and hits like a step back three-pointer or a nice little floater. But I just think they need someone else that can get them reliable numbers that can put the ball on the floor and create for themselves and others. I just think Bogdanovich, maybe move him to the small forward so you can get some shooting to spread out the floor. But I think that that's what's needed to fix the Hawks. And also they just need to wake up. Wake, like, like I was like, talking about Atlanta, you know, school days was filmed at Clark Atlanta, and that wake-up scene, that was on the steps at Clark Atlanta. I believe it was the president's office. Y'all need to wake up. Y'all need to watch that movie. Wake up! Because I promise you, Hawks, if y'all don't get it together, y'all are going to make the playoffs, but I don't think y'all are going to like y'all seed. And it's giving first-round exit if y'all don't get it together. 
The Hornets, same thing. The Hornets did win against my Grizzlies, my, my John Morant team. No, John Morant's my guy. That was what was up. I was not expecting that. I thought it would be a, a super close game, and it was. But they started really handling the Grizzlies early, although the Grizzlies started off hot. Uh, but I see a lot of potential in that team. As LaMelo Ball continues to grow, I think that they're going to really be a top four contender in the future. And Miles Bridges, I hope this is not contract year play. Then he gets his nice little hefty contract with the Hornets. Then he becomes a regular player. I hope that Miles Bridges is really just making an improvement in his game. Because I think that that Miles Bridges, LaMelo Ball dynamic is great. Then you have the tenured veterans and Scary Terry Rozier and then Gordon Hayward. I think that they're going to be just fine and they're going to be a sneaky playoff contender out in the East. You know, um, the Lakers, I talked about them to start the show. When's LeBron coming back? <laughs> um, it was an impressive victory, an impressive win. Listen, I know that some of my predictions, if you listen to my predictions, they've not been all that great. Uh, but can I just say that I did say that Avery Bradley needed to start. So can I get hand claps for that? I'm not a coach. I'm not a coach. But I told you, if Avery Bradley started and you started giving Avery Bradley more play, more play time, that you're going to see some results. I just want to go over Avery Bradley's box score again. He had 17 points. He started the game, played 38 minutes, gives you 17 points, three rebounds, two assists. He hits 50% of his shots, goes six for 12, and five of those shots were made three-pointers. Then he gives you good defense. He made a mistake. Um, he got double screened at the end. And then Tyler Hero had that open shot, but Anthony Davis should have went up and contested Tyler Hero instead of looking at him like he was crazy because he dropped the ball. If he doesn't drop the ball, Tyler Hero is going to make that nine times out of ten. And now you're in a scenario where, once again, you have to figure out the last second shot. And then you're putting the ball in the hands of Russ, and Russ is going to try to be the hero. So I don't I don't fully blame that on Avery Bradley. That was just good, good defense and a good double pick where, like, Avery Bradley couldn't really fight over it, and that was on Anthony Davis to contest. And it was another defensive lapse that happened with Avery Bradley. But Avery Bradley's been playing solid defense, and he's been your best perimeter defender on the team. And he's been cleaning up some of Russ's mistakes on the perimeter. Carmelo didn't really show out like that, but in any situation, I want to see Carmelo Anthony get the ball. I'm sorry. I just want to see Carmelo with the ball because I trust his stroke and I trust his shot at the end of the game. Russ, please stop shooting up those crazy shots, man. Just please stop it. Just stop it, all right? Because you're not going to hit that three-pointer. No one trusts you to hit it. You've hit it before. I know it just depends on the clutch factor of the player and the release. But, Russ, I don't want the ball in your hands for a three-pointer. And, brother, the game was tied. Go in, hit a nice little mid-ranger, drive in on P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker is a good defender, but he's not great when you take him off the dribble. He's good laterally. He's strong. He's, he's a good post defender. He's great for like a Kevin Durant. That's just like to slow the game down. He bangs on Kevin Durant, gets him tired. But dude, just go in and drive or just do it like a little fadeaway like you did over on PJ Tucker a couple of possessions before. I understand the free throw situation. I get it. But you have to take a smarter shot. And then you have the reprieve of the fact that the game was tied. Do you really want to go into overtime and possibly risk more injuries? I'm just saying. But very encouraged. Uh, the Warriors are definitely the best team in the NBA. Uh, before I get to my predictions, I think the Warriors are tough. 
the Warriors are definitely a tough team. You know, like um, you, you know, really need to, you know, pay attention to him. I think that Clay Thompson is going to come back. He's going to be a contender. He's, he's going to be a great player. You know, he's going to really show up. He might not be the same player that he was before the injury. He might not be that Iron Man. He might experience some more knick-knack injuries. But I don't think you can take away skill. And Clay Thompson is a prolific shooter of the ball. I'm just saying. All right, so don't sleep on Clay Thompson. Draymond Green is injured. I hope he gets back in time enough. But I just think this team is really good. And, I, and Jordan Poole is going to probably come off the bench because Andrew Wiggins is starting that forward. Jordan Poole, sneaky six-man of the year candidate. I think Tyler Hero, Montrez Harold. And I think that possibly Jordan Poole and Carmelo Anthony might be fighting for that six-man of the year finalist contention. So I think the bench players is going to be interesting to see how that shapes out. Just saying. But I have to um, talk about this breaking news right here. I don't know if you saw it. Um, but Nikola Vucevic, you know, a contender in the East, the Bulls. The Bulls have been playing really well. Um, they finally have their first national game on Friday against the Warriors. I talked about it earlier in the show. Well, Nikola Vucevic is set to miss multiple games at the testing positive for COVID-19. So Nikola Vucevic has entered health and safety protocols, um, starting center for the Bulls, stretch, stretch big. He's been balling. His shot hasn't really been falling like that, but he's stretching the floor, getting rebounds, playing nice pick-and-pop game with Lonzo Ball. And I just hate this for the Bulls because the Bulls have been performing so well. Um, I hope he's okay first and foremost outside of basketball. COVID-19 is no joke, especially breakthrough infections. is no joke, but he's vaccinated, so I'm very sure uh, that he will be safe and he will be perfectly fine. Um, and we're definitely playing, praying for him and pulling for him and his family. And hopefully he'll get back on the court soon. But I do think the Bulls will be able to weather the storm. I do think the Bulls will be able to weather the storm. I believe that the Bulls, they have enough on that team. I think that team is deep and people are not talking about it. I think that from their wing play, if they just get a big in there that can just get serviceable rebounds and then take, you know, bounce passes and no-look passes from Lonzo Ball, I think they'll be perfectly fine. But it's just messed up because the Bulls were having such a great season. Same as just the start of the season. Same thing as the 76ers with Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris and Matisse Thibel getting that on that health and safety protocol list. And then Ben Simmons is still not playing. So we are not out of this pandemic at all. Um, hopefully one day we will be and things will get back to a little semblance of normal. Uh, but just like injuries, you know, you have to contend with being on the COVID list. And we've seen that also in football as well as we saw with Aaron Rodgers. All right. So here are my predictions for the next few days for the NBA. All right, so the Toronto Raptors are going to beat the Philadelphia 76ers with a lot of their players and health and safety protocols. You have the Indiana versus Utah. Indiana's going to play Utah tough, but Utah's going to pull out the win. Miami versus LA might be a pretty good game, but I think the Clippers win this one because Miami just had an overtime game and will Jimmy Butler play is a real question. All right, New York versus Charlotte. I think New York wins that. Charlotte does not play well against great defense. Milwaukee at Boston. I believe that this will be a close match. I think Jason Tatum will have a high-scoring game, but Giannis will not lose this game, and the Bucs will win. Cleveland will beat Detroit. Portland will beat Houston. 
Phoenix and Memphis will be one of the games of the weekend. Ja Morant versus Chris Paul. I think the Suns are too complete of a team for Ja to come in as a one-man show and beat the defending Western Conference champions. So the Suns win that one, but it'll be a close one. Brooklyn beats New Orleans. Sacramento will beat Oklahoma City. Dallas will beat the Spurs. Atlanta, pouring up for them. I think they lose to Denver. Golden State and Chicago. Oh, I don't know because Nikola Vucevic is injured, but Draymond is as well. I got to make a pick. I, I will say the Bulls. I'll say the Bulls just because I think that starting front court is, the starting back court is more complete. And we'll see what Lonzo can do as far as defense on Steph. All right. Minnesota versus LA. I think the Lakers win, but Minnesota will play them tough. All right. Saturday, Miami and Utah, rubber match from last weekend. I believe that Utah will win this one. We'll see if Jimmy Butler plays. Philadelphia, Indiana. I believe Indiana might squeak this one out. Washington, Orlando, Washington, Memphis, New Orleans, Memphis, Detroit, Toronto, Toronto, Boston, and Cleveland. A tough one, but I believe that Cleveland might pull off an upset, but you never know. All right, Minnesota and LA. I believe that LA will win that one. And on Sunday, all right, San Antonio and the Lakers. I believe the Lakers will win this one. Milwaukee and Atlanta. Ooh, Atlanta. Atlanta got to win one of these games. They have a better chance of beating the Nuggets than beating the Bucks. So I'm going to go with Atlanta to lose this game against Milwaukee. Golden State and Charlotte. Golden State once again. Phoenix beats Houston. Brooklyn and Oklahoma City. I need for them to pull off a major win in a major way over the former hometown heroes, Kevin Durant and James Harden. All right. But Brooklyn's going to probably win that one. Portland and Denver. Another sneaky good game. I think Portland can get this one. I think Dan's going to have a statement game. And Chicago and LA to round out the weekend. I believe that Chicago will win this game. I honestly believe that Vucevic being out on health and safety protocols won't affect them as much. But listen, that is it for me. Hold me to my picks. I've been pretty trash at my picks. So hold me to my picks. If I didn't get it right, definitely come back to the NBA update next week and we will talk about it. But everybody say safe. Please stop. Don't fight. <laughs> Leave the Jokers brothers alone and let's just have a safe and productive weekend and just make some things happen with these games, all right? But nevertheless, we're gonna go on and end it out. Make sure to follow me at Randall Barnes on Colorcast and also follow Pulse Radio 100 on all social media platforms, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter, and YouTube is Pulse Radio, just that solid. And make sure you listen to my co-host, Ario Kilgore's NFL episode, and that boy Odell Beckham done went to the Rams. Just get it interesting. Is there another super team in LA? I think Ariel's going to be talking about that next week. So make sure to stay tuned for that. And also make sure to always, always, always check out what we have going on on Pulse Radio. Because we're more than just a sports podcast. We talk about the culture. But nevertheless, I will see you all on the other side. Be safe. Be prosperous. And boy, the NBA is going to be lit on this weekend. <laughs>